What's going on there, Youth Pastors? Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject.net here with another episode of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. How the heck are you today? It's a week away from Halloween, and I am eating all the candy. <laughs> I gotta stop eating the candy, man. I gotta, I gotta go out and buy more candy. Uh, why my, I asked my wife, why did you buy this? You bought this really early. She bought it like two weeks ago. And, just, and really, did you really think that it was not going to be eaten by me? I'm like, you, got, you don't know me. So I'm going to go out this week, go ahead and buy another couple of bags of candy. But then, listen, you don't want to hear about my problems. If you're brand new here, by the way, thank you for indulging me. I, I always start off the podcast with something that's going on in my world that's, you know, either crazy or something about my youth ministry. So that's just kind of how I roll. But if you are brand new here, thanks for checking out the podcast. Thanks for being here today. Appreciate you being a part today. And if you enjoy what you hear, don't forget to go ahead and click that subscribe button and you'll get episodes like this in your inbox on a regular basis. And if you are an OG listener, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time and your attention as well. We've been through it, haven't we? We've been through a few episodes, and I appreciate your patience. And listen, if you have not left a review yet, I would encourage you, go ahead and leave a review. You've been listening for a while. You know what this thing is about. You know what I'm about. Go leave a review wherever you're listening to this. Leave a review. Leave some stars. Say something nice. And that way I can read it on air. And you're going to encourage other youth workers just like yourself to check into the podcast here, which I would greatly appreciate. Well, today it's going to get raw and it's going to get honest in here because I'm going to tell you about the four reasons my youth ministry is not growing. That's right. We're just going to lay it down. I'm just going to tell you what I think are the four main forces that are working against growth in my youth ministry right now. And they may be the same forces that you're dealing with. We'll find out. But before we jump into that today, I do want to let you know about a brand new resource I have called Baby Steps. It is a three-week series on helping students grow up in their faith. And it is packed with all the usual messages and slides and social media graphics and a great bunch of games you can play. In fact, if you wanna watch some of the games we play, and these are baby games. These are like things that, you know, that involves binkies and it involves bottles and burping and all kinds of other insanity. And if that is where your youth group is, you say, boy, I would love my youth group to grow up in the faith. Well, I believe it's gonna require baby steps. And that's what I focused on with my youth group. Has some great games in there that you can play with them. I'm gonna leave a link down below to both the baby step series, as well as the video where you can watch some of these games being played. And listen, you may not need the series right now, but maybe you're planning for 2024. Go ahead and get the series now. And that way you are supporting the podcast and the work that I'm doing to try to help youth pastors just like you grow successful youth ministries. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into this episode where I'm going to share with you the four forces working against my youth ministry growth. They may not have anything to do with you, but they are certainly impacting me. Now listen, over on my YouTube channel, I had someone leave this comment, which is kind of the impetus for this conversation. He says, I enjoy your podcast and store as well. I have a small youth group and been praying for wisdom how to grow. Question I have, and I don't mean any disrespect at all, why do you have a small youth group? 
blessings? See, I take no offense at this question. It's a fair question because I talk a lot about youth ministry growth. I have had success in over my 30 years in youth ministry and growing multiple groups with sustained numbers from 40 in one group to 70 in another. But listen, I'm not a growth guru. In fact, I'm not a guru at all. I've just been around for a while and have served in many different kinds of churches from suburban to rural, which is the kind of church I'm in right now. And quite frankly, I have failed a lot. I have done a lot of things that haven't worked. And so I've had to go through all those things to get to the things that do work. I also do my best to study systems. And being in these multiple kinds of churches, I've watched systems. I watch leadership. I take notes. I I examine the, the community. I examine all the things as to why something is not working. Because quite frankly, I don't like failure. Failure sucks. And because I don't like to fail, I earnestly try to seek out answers as to how I can suck less. So with transparency, allow me to share with you the uh, four reasons I think my youth group is not growing. Number one, it's demographics. I am, like I said, in a rural church and rural churches are traditionally hard youth groups to grow. And I think this one line from this website, NIH.gov, says many rural communities are geographically isolated. Fewer people and more space can mean fewer local businesses and services. And in my case, it's a numbers game. It's simply not a largely populated town. Most of the students in my youth ministry don't even live in the town in which they come to church at. You see, we are that two gas station town with a subway in one and a sneaky Pete's in the other with that one Mexican restaurant. I have only been at my church for two years and the church is 20 minutes away from me. I don't even live in the town in which I am serving. But I have been making headway in getting into some of the schools for various projects and things that are going on. So it's not for a lack of effort. It's simply demographics. It's simply kind of where we're at. The number two reason I believe that is a force that is working against us is simply we're not ready. The church is not ready. The students aren't ready. The facilities aren't ready. We're just not ready for growth. The average age of our congregant is 60 years old. And once again, that's not an excuse. It's a reason. I mean, yes, youth ministries can grow in older churches and rural churches, but our church is just not ready for that kind of growth. And if you look from a facility point of view, if you looked at any of my YouTube videos where I talk about room design and things like that, we don't have the room to put, even if we blew up, we wouldn't have anywhere to put these kids. It would be super difficult and we'd have to figure that out. So there's just a lot of things that are not ready. And another thing is we recently installed a new pastor and it will take time for him and his wife to know the area, become involved, be a presence in our community. And I believe he will help get our church ready for growth. I believe he'll help our youth ministry get ready for growth, which leads us to the third force, I believe, that is impacting our, uh, our ability to grow, and that is the lack of vision. I'm pretty sure all of you have heard the verse that without a vision, the people perish or throw off restraint, but we just don't have that outward growth vision. 
And I believe that vision comes from the pastor, not from the associate pastor. I follow the lead of my leaders. And so when my pastor is ready and he is now talking about the core values in our church and moving forward with some of those things, then listen, I'm going to dovetail right into what he wants to create. What does he want to do? How does he see God moving within our church and within our community? And I want to be a part of that rather than trying to define my own vision for what growth looks like. And when that vision is put forward, I believe the trajectory of our growth will change. The fourth force I believe that is working against us is what I'm going to call the lack of steroids. Now, steroids, spiritual steroids specifically, uh, are things that can help inflate growth. Things like budgets, which then impact your facilities when you don't have the finances to be able to do things as far as have the cool youth room or to have a large space or to, uh, you know, uh, throw a bunch of money into a program or spend a lot of money on a concert or any of those things. Well, you know, you're not going to be able to inflate growth as much as you know, you normally would be able to if you had a larger budget. We also don't have a lot of people of influence. We don't have lawyers or doctors or retailers. And that goes back to being in a rural community that doesn't have those types of businesses or those types of systems in place where people would come from those different community resources to attend our church. Because if you have those people of influence, if you have those people out in your community, well, then I believe growth begets growth, that people are going to be in spheres of influence that can, you know, invite somebody uh, to church, customers or uh, people who are, you know, getting their teeth cleaned at the dentist or whatever that may be. We just don't have those types of people in place. Now, listen, we have great people. Our the people that come to our church, fantastic people, love people. If you walked on that church, they would love you. The thing is, though, if you're not trained for growth, if you're not trained for discipleship, if you're not trained to do certain things within a community, within a body, well, then you're just not going to get the, those kinds of results. And once again, that may change with a new pastor. And that is our hope. That is our goal, that we all get on the same page, that we capture a vision, that we're able to go and do the things that God's asked us to do, even though we do, may not have all the resources we have, that God can provide those things. And listen, you can have all the steroids you want. You can inflate your growth as much as you want. But I contend that if you don't have a process of making disciples, you may inflate in the short term, but you fail in the long term. And those, those are my four main forces that I believe that are working against not only growth in our youth ministry, but growth in our church. And by the way, not just my church, but other churches in our community as well. And I also believe that growth comes in seasons. See, I had a group of nine to 10 students when I first came to the church, and I've been there two years, and they would come regularly. And then many of them graduated, and most of them, you know, these students that were coming were driving 20 minutes to the church to come. But with their exit, there came a new opportunity to grow. And we are seeing new students come in because the students that are being discipled are inviting them. For now, I'm going to minister to the students that God gives me and grow naturally as students are discipled and sent out each week. Now, I do feel I need to add one more thing, and you'd have to know me to understand. I am a type A personality. I am high energy, and when things do not go my way, I become unpredictable 
unbelievably frustrated. Do you hear me? <laughs> there are some of you nodding your head. I have to take into account that God is teaching me something during my frustration, and sometimes even times of depression, that I must learn what the Apostle Paul learned during his season of frustration. And he says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And that's from Philippians chapter 4, 11 through 13. See, whether my group grows how I want it to grow is not the point. Instead, my focus right now is on what Jesus is doing in me during this season and how I can best please him. And eventually, after watering and sowing, God will bring the growth when he's ready for it, not when I'm ready for it. And if you're like me in a similar kind of holding pattern, then my prayer is that you will find contentment in him as well. And that is it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for being a part. I I thank you so much for allowing me to speak honestly. And I hope that my honesty and candor uh, is freeing for you. I hope that if you're in a similar situation that you're not going to be down or be depressed or be anxious in any of those things, but rather you'll submit yourself to the Lord and go through the process just like I'm going through the process. And ultimately at the end of the day, it's going to be about not how large our youth ministries are, but it is going to be about the disciples that we make and the people that God gives us. Can we be faithful with the ones God gives us. And remember, youth workers, if nobody has told you lately that you're doing a great job, let me tell you, you're doing a great job and you're only going to get better. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.